All right, welcome in, everybody. Thanks for joining us for hour number two. Always a pleasure to have you along for the ride. We know some of you are staying around after listening to hour number one. Did you hear the way I said that word? Around? That sounded like Gomer Pyle. Didn't that sound like Gomer Pyle to you? Citizens arrest. Yeah, you got that. Sounded a lot like him. Uh, anyway, this is Tony Beam. You know what I do and where I do it, so we won't get into all that again. Uh, <laughs> we'll just start the second hour. Um, we're going to talk about another aspect of January 6th today, but it has to do with Merrick Garland and the Justice Department trying to aid those that are coming after President Trump without, without actually charging him with anything. So we're going to be doing that in a few minutes. But right now, we're going to talk to my good friend Jamie Murphy with Men by Design because coming up, what, a week from this weekend, I think it's a week from – anyway, it's soon, uh, maybe a couple of weeks, um, I'm going to be speaking at a men's conference over in Gaffney, and Jamie's going to tell us about it. Jamie, thanks for joining us. <laughs> thanks, Doc. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm being about as vague as I can be. I thought vagary was in vogue. So I decided just okay. to, to go with it. So anyway, well, tell I'll be us more precise for you. Thank, thank you. That is your role today, my friend. So just lay out the details of what this men's conference is about. All right. So Tuesday evening, March twenty eighth at six thirty, we're going to be at First Baptist Gaffney. Okay, I've actually got that on my calendar. <laughs> so yes, you're sir. the speaker. Yeah. And what we're doing is we are in the well. That's going to be the last event. Um, we are in a three-month chili cook-off trail that we do here in the upstate. Every okay. Tuesday night for since the second week of January, we have been at a church somewhere in the upstate doing a chili cook-off. And every week, our top three um, competitors, they win a cash prize at our chili cook-offs. And the top three um competitors they qualify to come to our grand finale and that's going to be on april the 4th at first baptist church of Bowling springs and our guest speaker that night is hank parker oh so, wow um i love hank parker. you're closing out the trail for us and we hope to have about 30 competitors at the hank parker event a week after we were with you wow that's a lot of chili that yeah is... and what we're doing this year is pretty neat we're just doing a people's choice champion. So everybody who comes gets to vote. Okay. And also because we're raising money for our ministry, um, what we do is you vote with a poker chip. And so it costs $10 to get a poker chip to vote. And you can buy as many poker chips as you want. So let's just say you're coming next that Tuesday night in March, you're going to be our guest speaker, but you decide you want to um, enter some chili into the contest. Right. You can invite all your, all your fans to show up that night um, and vote for you. They well, just got to buy a $10 poker chip. I'll, I'll try to get all three of them to come. Uh, that would, that, would, <laughs> that, would, be that, that great. would be great if we could do that. Um, <laughs> so it's a pyramid scheme for chili is what it sounds like. Uh, but it's actually yeah. for, for men's ministry. I got you. Good deal. Excellent. You know the best the best name of a chili cook-off I've ever heard? Can I just tell you? And it, the Rotary Club of Greer came up with this. Chili Chili Bang Bang. 
That's the best. Okay. That's the best chili cook-off name I've ever heard. But now this may be the best reason that I've ever heard to have a chili cook-off, which is to uh, get men involved with hearing the truth of God's word and get um, resources put together for men's ministry. So talk to us a little bit about men by de- my design. What what are, what are the goals? What have you achieved? How are you reaching men? Well, um, a little backstory is you know I I have the ministry that we are we started was is called the Proactive Parenting Initiative. Right. And. We have the only weekend Christian boot camp ministry in the Carolinas for defiant kids and their parents. And we provide parenting classes and seminars and workshops for churches and community organizations. And we are dealing, we're in the, on the front lines dealing with these kids um, that are coming from dysfunctional homes. And the number one problem with these homes is the lack of a godly father in the home. And... Right. So because of all of that, we started Men by Design two years ago. We do two retreats a year, and we do weekly events for churches. And right now we're in our doing chili cook-off, but the rest of the year we do barbecues, fish fries, low country boils. Um, we did a low country boil for when you came last year. Um, yep. Boy, that over was good. Landrum, I believe. Absolutely. It was excellent. So we're just um, we're trying to create an environment for, for men to um, have some brothers to to lean on, to learn from. Um, we're trying to create community between local churches and cooperation. Um, both you and I come from a Southern Baptist background, and we, we brag about how we cooperate, but in reality, a lot of churches don't cooperate with anybody. So... Um, we're trying to build some brotherhood between some local churches and um, just trying to create an environment where, a, you know, you, you may have a friend who won't, won't come to your church, but they'll come to a chili cook-off, and then Dr. Bean's going to get a chance to share his testimony with them and share how Jesus rocked his world. So well, I was, that's what we're trying to do. I'm honored to be able to do that and thankful that you've asked me to do it again because it was a blessing to me. Uh, to be at the event over in Landrum. Um, you know, Jamie, one of the things that's so important about a ministry like this to me is that, you know, I talk about politics all the time. Uh, I talk about it, I try to talk about it from a Christian perspective, looking for the truth, trying to get people to focus on not the extremes, but finding out what really happens so they can make a, a good decision about things. Uh, but the real change of culture that we all long for is going to come not through Washington or Columbia or even the local town that you live in. The change is going to come in the hearts of the people, and it has to start with men being the leaders in their own home. Men have to step up and create a family environment that's strong uh, because that's the backbone of, of our society. And so you're the you're on the cutting edge of this. I mean, addressing family problems that, you know, kids in the family who are struggling, you're you're addressing that from a biblical perspective, but then going back to the to the root of a lot of it, which as you said is male involvement, men taking the responsibility that God has given them to be the leaders in their family. Yes, sir. That's what we're trying to do. 
Well, and I appreciate every bit of it. All right, tell us again. It's March 28th. What time? It's at First Baptist Gaffney. What time does it start? 6.30. And how do people, um, do they just need to come, or do they need to register? Is there a website or something? They just need to show up. And um, we do have a, a Facebook page that's just for men. So if you're a local man and you want to check out what we're doing, check us out on Facebook, Men by Design. And, um, okay. You'll have to join the group to get to see what we do. But um, at the at the men's event, any man out there that wants to come is welcome to just show up. And if you want to bring a pot of chili, um, there's an opportunity for you to win $100 um, at the event that you're going to speak at. And if you qualify for that grand finale on April the 4th, the, the three winners can win a hunting trip, a fishing trip, or a, a pheasant shoot. Um, wow. So those are the three prizes that were given away for the grand finale excellent the hunt trips in virginia and the fishing trip is down on lake murray excellent i'm telling you there's some good stripers down on lake murray that's a good place to fish well and the it it's a striped bass fishing trip ah. by two of the best guides in south carolina oh my so goodness so it's you a can 400 dollars fishing trip that we're giving away if should, you win the chili cook-off should be able to come home with a cooler full of whoever wins that that'd, that'd be great well, Jamie, let well, me... The, the, the two yeah. guys took us fishing one morning, and we caught 40 bass by by lunch. Oh, my God. That's how good they are. That's the limit, right? I think that's the limit, as many yep. as you can get. Ten per person. Yeah. Well, listen, let me let me pray for you, Jamie. I, I just want us to lead us in prayer for Men by Design uh, and the work that, that you're doing, the ministry that you have. Father, I come before you in Jesus' name, and I just want to thank you for Jamie. I, I thank you, God, for the call you placed on his life, and for the raising up of a ministry called Men by Design, where men are challenged to accept the role that you've called them to in the home, to love their wives and to lead their families in a way that reflects your glory. I pray for this event on March 28th. I pray, God, that many men will come and their lives will be touched by the by uh, just being there and hearing the truth of the gospel, having your word used for that purpose. I pray that you would use me as a vessel, a vessel of honor made clean by your blood, that you could speak through me in a way that would lead people to Jesus that don't know him, and in a way that would encourage those who are following you, Lord, to follow more closely. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Doc. Yep. Thank you, my friend. Yes, sir, you too. All right, I told you earlier in the program today we're going to go back and talk about the Biden DOJ discarding the law in order to try to help get Donald Trump. And this story today is also by Andrew McCarthy. Now, I promise that I read other columns. I know listening to the program today, you may think, well, does this guy only follow Andrew? No, no. There are plenty of other things that I read. It's just that so happens that today that Andrew McCarthy is addressing these issues and doing it in the way that he normally does, which is very very well researched and very truthful. So, okay, and this is not a year ago. No, this is this recent. is today. Okay, this is March. Well, I'm I'm sorry, March third. So it's about five Last five Friday. days ago, four or five days ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what's going on in this case is, again, the Justice Department is claiming incitement that it can't prove, in order to deny Trump immunity from Democrats' January sixth lawsuit. So you. It, they, there's, they haven't. Trump hasn't been charged with incitement. He can't be. 
So here's, here's the story. The Justice Department has told a federal appeals court that a civil lawsuit brought against former President Donald Trump alleging damages based on the Capitol riot should be permitted to go forward. According to prosecutors, if you squint hard enough, Trump's January ellipse, January 6th ellipse speech maybe, possibly, conceivably, could have been an incitement of private violence and therefore falls outside the broad immunity afforded to public communications by presidents. See, there's most of the time when a president gets that that's just a way of saying when a president gets up and says something, there's broad immunity given to the president for what he says. One reason is we discussed earlier the First Amendment. The president has the same right of free speech as every American. He certainly doesn't have less. And then the, the, the second thing is that he's president of the United States. He is an opinion maker. I mean, he that's what he does from the executive branch. And so he's immune. He, he can say things that normally would grant him that could not be called into question. But his communication is going to be called into question and used in a defamation lawsuit, or a, rather a, not defamation, but a lawsuit that alleges damages as, as related to the Capitol riots. And the only way that his statements can be included and considered is if he committed a crime in making those statements. The only crime that he could have committed was to incite people to violence. And even though the Justice Department has not charged him with that, and they have no plans to. I know there's a special prosecutor out there. I get it. He's out there compiling evidence. He's working hard. He's trying to figure out a way to charge Trump with a straight face over uh, classified documents that he possessed that President Biden and also Vice President Trump also possess, uh, Vice President Pence also possessed. So not the same documents, of course, but top secret documents. So that's a big challenge. And the next big challenge is connecting President Trump somehow to the January 6th riots, which the Justice Department can't do, but maybe this special prosecutor can put all these facts that they have into a cauldron, kind of wave their hand over it, do some kind of incantation, and pull out an indictment based on how they come together. I mean, it's just it's, it's not very likely at all to happen. So the Justice Department has never charged Trump with incitement, much as it would love to, because it knows such a case would be laughed out of court. Of course, if Merrick Garland's prosecutors were to concede the truth that Trump did not commit incitement and that his remarks were constitutionally protected, there would have been mutiny in the Democratic base that President Biden desperately needs to turn out if he's going to have a prayer of being reelected. So to keep the tribe together, let me say that again, to keep the tribe together, which is never supposed to be an, uh, any motivation, motivating factor or any consideration for any prosecutor at, or anybody at any level that's in the government that has to make decisions about right and wrong. You're not supposed to make those decisions about keeping the tribe together, particularly if it's law enforcement and it affects somebody's life because of criminal charges or a lawsuit that could be filed in this case. So Garland 
and all those who support and follow him concocted a way to say the baseless incitement claim is theoretically plausible. Prosecutors did not argue that Trump committed incitement, which would contradict the Justice Department's position in numerous Capitol riot cases. In fact, they take pains not to allege that Trump instigated the January 6th uprising. Instead, the government rationalizes that the lower court judge, Obama, uh, the Obama appointee Amit Mahata, was not wrong in saying that Trump's speech, as described by the plaintiffs, could conceivably be deemed incitement such that it is theoretically possible, even if highly unlikely, that a jury could find incitement. <laughs> Did you get all that? See, when, when, when the government's prosecuting people and trying to put them in jail— they don't, they don't, because of January 6th, they don't want those people to be able to say, Trump made me do it. So they, they try to, they do everything they can to preclude that. But then they want, when it, when it benefits people who are suing for damages and trying to get money out of the president, then that's okay. So they, they want the term incitement to be used. That's prosecution by political for political purposes it's narrating and telling a story that has nothing to do with the facts in order for political gains to be achieved and i'm telling you that's banana republic stuff i mean if 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 the united states becomes just in a, a wash with all these kind of bogus charges and the justice department says grace over them we we can't survive our our republic, our our experiment here in constitutional freedom is not going to endure if all confidence is lost in our institutions because this is the kind of shenanigans that they're pulling. And so that's, that's why this is important. It's important for you as the American people to know this. And and I'm 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 gonna add this. These people need to be out of office. People who are willing to do this, to bend the law, to suit their purposes, should not have that responsibility. The Biden administration is notorious for this kind of stuff, and they don't care. Because, again, progressives believe that anything they do, whether it's a lie, whether it's stealing, whether it's smearing somebody, whatever it takes, they think anything they do is justifiable because the threat that they face is so grave to our democracy. That's all you hear coming from Schumer, coming from Durbin, coming from Pelosi. All these Democrat leaders are all saying the same thing. It's a threat to our democracy. What's the threat to our democracy? Well, they certainly don't think it's progressives who just disregard the law and and go and proceed just you know heck bent <laughs> as as i can say into using the law for their own purposes i mean that that it's not that that's a threat to democracy no no it's the target of those people that is the real threat the people they're coming after and that that, ladies and gentlemen, is just beyond the pale. Um, we, we, we've got to be reasonable, sensible. We've got to push back against all of these things that are being said that are demonstrably false. We've got to have the right facts about January 6th, and we need to hold our elected officials accountable for the right facts. And that's why, again, 
what Tucker Carlson is doing on his show this week is important. Hey, okay. you were talking about January 6th. Yes. I yes. had a quote here. I didn't know if, uh, if, yes. if this— Back, to, back was, to business. If this was actually related to President Trump and if this would be considered an insurrection. A riot is an ugly thing. <laughs> and I think that it is just about time that we had one. <laughs> That wasn't president. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, man. That's from one of the funniest movies that's ever been. Young Frankenstein. Would, yes, Young Frankenstein. I just, my my favorite line from that from that movie is when they, they, they have the brain, you know, and it, it belonged to Abby Normal. That's just good stuff. All right. Um, if you've seen the movie, you get that. And if you don't, you're going, what are these two old goats talking about? Um, two Americans were found dead and two were rescued on Tuesday in the Mexican city of Matamoros after their planned trip across the border for cosmic surgery turned deadly following an ambush and kidnapping by armed gunmen. That's according to the Wall Street Journal. One of the reasons that I'm going back to this story is because we now know the fate of all four that were kidnapped, two of them died evidently in the initial uh, gun gunfire. I mean, when they were ambushed, um, the gunmen were firing at the car, and there were two of the the people d- that died, and then their their bodies were dragged drug away, uh, or dragged away, and um, they're you know I mean this is obviously related to cartel violence in Mexico. Uh, most of the of those that have investigated this or are looking at it believe that this was a case of mistaken identity. They were these drug lord, the drug gang thought it was you know uh, Haitian drug dealers that, that were competing with them, and so they were. That's why they went after them. The van in which they were traveling was fired on shortly after crossing the border Friday from Brownsville, Texas, after a four-day search. Latvia, Tay McGee, and Eric James Williams were found alive, um, said Irving Barros, uh, the state attorney general for the region, which is Tamalapas. I'm, I'm doing my best here, folks. My Spanish is not very good. But that's the region. That's the state of Mexico that the city of Matamoros is found in. Mr. Williams had a major wound to his left leg, the official said. The two others, Zendel Brown and Shahid Woodard, were found dead. The incident occurred as some U.S. lawmakers are calling for cartels to be designated as terrorist organizations. Why have we not done that already? I mean, the cartels operate on both sides of the border. They're a menace to people that live along the border, And, of course, their activities take place throughout the United States in the pushing of fentanyl. Why are they not already designated as a terrorist organization? This is is terrorist activity. This is what terrorists do. Um, You know, and and it's also been suggested that the U.S. military should be targeting their operations in Mexico, an idea Mexico's government has firmly rejected. Now, I get it. Mexico's a sovereign country. They don't want the United States military coming down there and, you know, breaking things and killing people. But if the Mexican government can't protect their own people and these incidents are involving Americans, I think the United States has a reason 
to enforce the law. I'm not talking about going to war with Mexico. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about enforcing and protecting the law and in protecting Americans at the border. The survivors were handed over Tuesday to U.S. authorities at a border bridge between Matamoros and Brownsville. They couldn't immediately be reached for comment. U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland said in a statement that the two were receiving medical treatment in the U.S. He also said attacks, uh, no, this is John Kirby, not Garland. Uh, John Kirby is the spokesperson for the White House National Security Council, said attacks on U.S. citizens are unacceptable no matter where, under what circumstances. Okay, then designate these people as terrorists and go after them. I mean, you, you don't have to tell everybody, you know, send a SEAL team in there. Or Yul Brenner and Steve McQueen. Send either either one. Either, Five other guys. Both of those are dead, but, you know, that might inhibit their ability to execute an operation. But there are Yul Brenner and Steve McQueen-like live people who could go down there and uh, and then come back and nobody would ever know. I mean, I, seriously, the United States military has some pretty amazing capabilities. And I'm not in favor of, of going into other people's space unless the people in that space don't have the ability to protect Americans who have the right to enter that space. Then we need to take some action. We need to do something. So anyway, that was a tragic thing. I I wanted to correct something. I gave the impression yesterday that the reason that this young woman might have been going to uh, Mexico was to obtain an abortion. That's not the case. She was going for cosmetic surgery. So I wanted to be sure that the record was clear. All right, here's a story today from the Washington Times. Major flaws discovered in studies used to bolster efforts to ban gas stoves. You know, this is another place that the, the federal government is just, it's just lying to us. You know, a report came out some time ago that said suggested the gas stoves might be on the verge of being banned, and people went nuts, and rightly so. Gas is one of the cleanest, best ways to consume energy, to get anything done, and yet, you know, we've got people are going nuts over this, uh, uh, and and and, sh- and like I said, should be that the government would try to to ban the use of gas stoves because they say that it can be harmful for children. It's always got to be about the children because if it's about the children, we'll accept just about anything. I mean, if 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 children think that they're males or think that they're females when they're actually not, because of the children, it's the children. Then they can have all kinds of maiming surgery that's basically irreversible to affect their lives forever. And we're supposed to step back and go, oh, that's so good. It's ridiculous. And here, you know, because having a gas stove might affect the children, we've got, we've got to get rid of gas stoves. But now that study's been called into question, according to the Washington Times. Cooking with natural gas is safe and does not play a significant role in determining indoor air quality, according to an analysis of available studies and government assessments evaluating gas stove cooking. This has all been cooked up, pun intended, by the government, by the Biden administration, who thinks that anything that might possibly could be contribute to global warming or climate change, needs, we need to do away with it, regardless of its value to society.
The report, released by industry groups and an environmental consulting firm, found the type of food cooked, specifically meat and cooking oil, more significantly influences indoor air quality than whether a gas or electric stove is used. So it's not, it's not the source, it's the stuff. It's whatever you're cooking. And you know what? That's up to you. Now they'll come after cows, of course. I mean, they're already doing that. You know, cow flatulence is supposed to be contributing to global warming um, and to climate change. The analysis disputes a green energy group's recent peer-reviewed research that claimed nearly 13% of childhood asthma hits the children can scientifically be traced to the use of gas stoves, and it comes as both the Department of Energy and the Consumer Product Safety Commission are seeking ways to regulate or even eliminate the appliances. So the government, again, when it was discovered that they were talking about the, the possibility of eliminating these stoves, that came out, people went nuts, and, and the government came out and said, oh, no, 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 we're, we're not, that, that, that's, we're not going to eliminate the stove. Don't worry about it. And then they quietly go back, after they lie publicly, they quietly go back behind the scenes, passing regulations that will accomplish what they wanted to do to start with until somebody blew the whistle on them. The CPSC voted recently to request public input on chronic hazards associated with gas stoves, and the Department of Energy is examining stringent new energy efficient standard, efficiency standards for gas stoves that manufacturers say could double the time it takes to boil water. Well, that's what we need. We need to live in a world where it takes twice as long to boil water. The CPSC is acting at the request of the Commissioner Richard Trumka, who recently called gas stoves a hidden hazard in response to the study claiming that they're to blame, again, for 13% of childhood asthma. The conclusions were drawn from a widely reported review of study data produced in part by the green energy group Rocky Mountain Institute. But the group's conclusions are flawed, according to a review of published data funded by the California Restaurant Association and backed... Oh, okay. i got to click a button here. And backed by the California Building Industry Association and Catalyst Environmental Solutions. They say the 13% figure comes from a study that combines data from kitchens in North America, Europe, and Asia. 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 When segregated, the North American data did not show a statistically significant risk of asthma associated with gas stoves, said the review's authors, Steve Huntley, and Daniel Torme, president of the Catalyst Environmental Solutions. The data also showed that there was no statistically significant relationship from any of the data between asthma and the main particulate matter produced from the combustion of natural gas. In other words, it's a bunch of hoo-ha. And they need to leave the gas stoves alone. But they're not going to do that unless people rise up and demand that they do it. Um, this is, you know, comments are open on the regulations, and there there need to be a significant amount of comments. Um, I'm not sure how to get in to make comments. I'm looking down through here in the story just to see if it's there, but it's it, it doesn't appear to be. Um, but you can go to uh, the government website, and you can find where comments are to be submitted, and you can actually do a Google search, comments on gas stove products, and I'm sure that it'll pull up the website for you. Whoa, 
I just got a text message that just kind of is blowing my mind here. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, not anything that you need to know about today. That might be something we talk about later. Um, you can go to the Federal Register. It's the Daily Journal of the United States government. It's federalregister.gov if you want to make a comment about the gas stoves. Um, so you, it'll, it tells you all how to do it there. It tells you about how to do it, how to submit your comment, how to find the right regulation. Federalregister.gov if you're interested. All right. Um, I haven't talked about this today, and I'm trying to talk about it every day at least a couple of times. His radio talk, 919-897, is uh, going to cease to exist in that format. It will no longer be a talk format as of March 31st. That'll be our last broadcast um, over these frequencies for this show. Um, Gary Miller is retiring and um, is going to be going off to do all things pleasurable. Um, so, uh, you know, we're, we're not going to be able to continue. Uh, however, this radio program is going to become an Internet program that you'll be able to stream live on a website that's being developed right now, still under construction. It's going to be tb, uh, uh, drtonybeam.com. That's drtonybeam.com. That's all you have to put in. Don't put it in now. Don't put it in today. It's not there. But that's going to be the domain name. And if you go there, once the website is up and, and, and trucking, uh, you'll be able to stream this program live from 7.30 to 8.30. We're going to cut it back to an hour because that fits the podcast format a little bit better. So, um, and now, we're still going to have interviews. And what we may do is, and I, I haven't fully decided yet, we can uh, put an interview in the context of the program. Or we can have a different podcast that actually has the interview. Um, we'll call it something else. You know, the, the program is going to be known as Truth and Politics and Culture with Dr. Tony Bean. And it'll be TPC. It'll be the kind of the abbreviated, sort of like KFC, only it's not. It's TPC, Truth and Politics and Culture. But you'll be able to listen to the show live on the website, and then you'll be able to, to subscribe for free to the podcast. So we would like for you to be able to uh, be able to do that, and and so that the podcast can come to your smartphone, your tablet, wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can listen to it whenever. There'll also be articles, columns that I write that'll be available at the website. There'll be some links to other websites. So. Just um, just kind of put all this in, in, in your mind that coming up, this will be available. It'll launch on Saturday, April 1st, uh, because March 31st is a Friday. So it'll actually be up and running on April 1st. And then the first radio, uh, the first uh, live stream will be on Monday. Now we'll still be on Facebook Live. And I'm working on getting on Rumble. That's where I would like for the show to be um, streamed live instead of YouTube. I'll have a much better chance of the show surviving if it's um, on Rumble, I think. 
So anyway, I hope you'll write all that down and be ready because that's coming around here pretty soon, just a few weeks to go of the radio show in this format. All right, a couple more stories just to kind of round out the day um, that I wanted to mention to you. This is weird. This is just a weird, this is one of these weird stories. Is it going to affect your life in any way? No. But it's pretty revelatory when it comes to the left and, and what they value. Corey Bush has a pretty high-paid security guard. And it, it turns out that he's a good friend of hers as well as being her security guard. And he's paid about $137,000 a year. That's pretty good for private security because he's not the only one. But this guy thinks that he's 109 trillion years old and that he can summon tornadoes. I mean, you ought to listen to this stuff. Uh, he believes he's an intergalactic master of psychic self-defense. Uh, he can summon tornadoes at will. He can cause earthquakes with his hate and conduct blood rituals to bring ruin upon his enemies. Now, just just imagine with me. This is this is all coming from the Daily Wire. But just imagine with me for a second that this was uh, Ted Cruz's security guard. I mean, all these all these high-profile senators and House members. They have personal security. I mean, it, it, they, they have to um, because of the crazies out there. But just imagine this was Ted Cruz's chief of security or highest paid security guard, somebody who believes they're 109 trillion years old and that they can summon tornadoes and that they actually conduct blood rituals. And, and he would be glad to conduct one of those blood rituals to teach you how to bring ruin upon your enemies. Davis says in a video shared by uh, WFB, I'm a teacher. Uh, he declares that he's not Martin Luther King, which is good because he's not, but he's also not 109 trillion years old, and he can't summon tornadoes. And as far as the blood rituals are concerned, I mean, I can't imagine what is going on in his head there. He says, I'm not peaceful at all. You mess with me, I'm messing with you. I'm doing you 10 times worse than what you did to me. Now, I play some of the video for you so you can hear this guy. I mean, his in the video, I mean, there's no question. He's a, he's a muscled-up, tough-looking guy. But the things that he's saying are just beyond bizarre. And he's a – I mean, he works for Corey Bush. He's her security guy. Do you really want somebody – out there armed, even doing security for, for somebody like Corey Bush, who says, I can just mess you up. I can call a tornado to come after you. I'll have a blood ritual and and condemn you in some way. Davis is also known as Ahasin Pianchi, a spiritual guru in St. Louis, Missouri, Listen to this. He teaches classes on how to read minds, summon mythical beings, and maintain urban gardens. You know why the urban gardens are important? He says, he tells you why. To avoid having to buy food from the Jews. What a guy. And and like I said, if, if this guy was anybody, if he worked for any Republican, anybody that, that was even thought of to be conservative— this would be front page of the New York Times, above the fold. Something's got to be done, but this is Cory Bush. So the Daily Wire is out reporting on it. 
Now, the Daily Wire is a great reporting. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not minimizing Daily Wire. I'm just saying, you but you you don't have one of the leading flag star media groups out there that regularly either don't tell the American people what's going on or distort telling what's going on for the purpose of leading people astray. I mean, they're not going to touch it. But I thought you should know. All right, um, another story quickly. Uh, this is a big story tomorrow about China that we're going to talk about. You're going to want to be here for that. This pro-life activist, you remember this case from Great Britain a few weeks ago? She was arrested for standing in a zone in front of a, an abortion clinic and silently praying. She didn't have a protest banner. She wasn't. She was modestly dressed. She's just standing there praying, and she was arrested. Well, the court determined that there was no reason for her to be arrested. She's been arrested again for the same thing. She showed up, and she's standing there praying silently. Um, it's, I mean, it's unbelievable. Her name is Vaughn Spruce, and she leads um, a, a pro-life organization, and she's uh, silent. The, it's, it's a public space protection order that prohibits people from protesting, namely engaging in any act of approval or disapproval uh, or attempted act of approval or disapproval with respect to issues related to abortion services by any means. And in a video, she's shown talking to a police officer. She says, look, I'm not protesting. I'm not engaging in any of the activities prohibit prohibited. And the police officer says, you've said you're engaging in prayer, which is the offense. Silent prayer, an offense in Great Britain that can get you arrested. We'll have some more on this story tomorrow. In fact, we'll play the video exchange for you so you can hear it for yourself. Have a great day. I'm headed to Columbia today. I'll have a report for you tomorrow.